Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Good evening. Well, here we are. Y'all got your running shoes on? I know last week I just barreled through it. I mean, barreled through it. So I hope you heard something along the way and got something. I want to go to um, the slide that says the first six seals. Um, I can't, I don't number them, so I don't. Look at this. Whoever's up there, who's that? Awesome. Okay, perfect. Who is it? Nate, Nate. Nate. Okay, so what I want to do, I'm going to do a very quick, very quick recap of the seals, just so that we get it in, in order there, you know what I mean? So we get it going. Um, so we're not going to talk about all the stuff that led up to the seals starting to open. We understand that only one was able to open the seals, and of course that was uh, the Lamb of God, that was Jesus, and so he comes and starts opening these seals. So the first seal opens, and the first seal is the rise of the Antichrist. When we look at these seals, and we have seals and trumpets and vials, or some people call them bowls, depending on what translation you have. But I, have, I, I go by seals, trumpets, and vials. We have seven of each of those that we're going to, I mean, we've all kind of heard of those, right? But we don't understand exactly what's going on. And we never will really understand exactly what's going on. But um, basically, these are the things that begin to happen at the beginning of the 70th week, of Daniel's 70th week. So when we see these things start to happen, it's begun, okay? And that is where that seven-year period, which is what the 70th week is, is a seven-year period, okay? And we've, I think we've talked before about how we know there's seven years um, because of the, all the other seven years that added up to the 69 sets of seven, and this is the 70th one. So it hasn't begun yet. So when this starts, when these things start to happen, this is when that, that tribulation begins, that seven-year period. So we see at the beginning that the first seal is the rise of Antichrist. I'm not going to fool with what color the horse is and why and all that stuff again. But this is where we begin to see the Antichrist come to power. Now, we won't, well, first of all, we won't be here. But the folks on earth who are here are not going to have any real idea that he's coming into, that this is the Antichrist who's coming into power. They're not going to see it that way, okay? This is basically going to be, this Antichrist is going to become, is going to be gaining power at this point, okay? And he is going to, through, through war and through the, the, the things that are going to happen, he's going to go conquering and to conquer. Now, who the Santa Christ is, you needed to come and see Pastor Jason's series in July and August, and we would, you would have seen a lot more about that. Um, and I don't want to go, because we could spend 10 weeks talking about how we're going to identify this, you know, who the Antichrist is and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, he's going to be a leader in the Middle East, okay? He's going to be a leader in the Middle East. Barack Obama is not the Antichrist, okay? <laughs> Just saying, folks. And I'm going to tell you what. I know that for sure, okay? You know, there's very few things that we can say we know for sure, but I'm telling you, Barack Obama is not the Antichrist. Um, Joe Biden is not the Antichrist. Donald Trump wasn't the Antichrist. The Pope 
is not the Antichrist, okay? Because we are given directions in Daniel that tell us who, the, who and where this guy is going to come from. He is going to be, uh, he's going to come from Alexander the Great's realm, okay? Which is Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iraq, Iran. Okay, that is where Alexander the Great, okay, he conquered those areas, okay? And Daniel prophesied that he was going to do this ahead of time. And then this horn, this little horn, was going to come from among those, okay? And he was going to come from the, from the northern region, the northern territory of this, which almost is certainly Syria, okay? So what we would call Syria today. I don't know when it's, what it's going to be called then. Who knows? But that region, okay? So more than likely... The Antichrist will be the president of Syria or whatever they call their supreme leader, okay? But he's just going to be the president of Syria. And what's going to happen is he's going to conquer three other nations. And then he's going to be the president of those four. And then six other nations are going to decide to join him because they're going to start getting scared at this point. This guy's getting really good, you know, this leader. They're not saying to themselves, the Antichrist. This is the Antichrist. Let's, let's get in with the Antichrist. This is all political war and, and national stuff that's going on, okay? So that's where he's coming from. So this is the beginning of his rise we see with this first um, the first seal, when the first seal is open. The second seal is war, because guess what he likes? He likes war, okay? This is how he conquers, is with war. The third seal is famine, okay? This is economic disaster. This is where we get that 800% inflation is how the Bible describes it. 800% inflation. Y'all think 8.7 is bad, Okay, eight, I bought 500 gallons of heating oil today, or $500 worth of heating oil today for 111 gallons. $500. And she said, oh, that's only going to get you 111 gallons. I'm like, well, I'm pushing it to get those, you know. But can you imagine what this is going to do to the economy of the world when these th things start to happen? Now, these things should come somewhat in succession. The way that we know that is because we see over and over again, John says, then, this happened, then they opened this seal, then, then, then. There are, there are, there are philosophies out there where all these things, the, the bowls and the trumpets and the seals all happen at the same time. And then why did John say, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens? I think John knew what he was doing, and Jesus, the Lord, knew what he was doing when he gave him the revelation. So therefore, these are successive things. However, they, it's not like the Antichrist will rise, and then we'll have war. And then when the war's over, then we're going to have famine. When the famine's over, we're going to have the next one. That's not, they kind of, they, the effects of these things Will be, go, will be ongoing, okay, throughout this period. So what are we up to? We're up to the fourth horse, uh, the fourth seal, and that was death and hell. And this is where um, lifelessness comes in. A quarter of the earth is rampaged. The beasts become wild animals. Sorry, I'm a dog lover too. But if you're here on earth after and you started this, you're not going to want to have a dog in your house, okay? And the animals are not going to be tame anymore, okay? It's not going to be a good thing, Okay. So um, then, then we have the fifth seal. The first four seals 
that's those horses, those, the, the, you know, we, the horses of the apocalypse. We have all that, uh, those great movies and stuff. But um, <clears throat> when we get to the fifth seal, we see the lesser tribulation martyrs. These are the tribute, these are the mar- these are the people who have died in Christ, okay, who have gotten saved after the rapture. And what this is approximately, approximately, we're looking at something that may have maybe going on closer to three, three and a half years into the into the, the tribulation, okay? So there is a great number of people who will still get saved after. There are those who say and preach a doctrine where you can't get saved because they think that whenever the church leaves, the Holy Spirit's leaving too. It's just not. It's not scriptural, okay? That's not the truth, okay? Uh, the Holy Ghost will still be trying to woo folks in, okay, as things are going on. He's not, they're not going to have us as the shiny examples of Christianity that we are. <clears throat> you know, sometimes it might, they might be better off. But, um, okay, so there's, there's the fifth seal. It's we see these, and there are innumerable, you can't, they're, they're all over the sea of glass. It says these these souls are there. This is why we talked, I mentioned real quickly last week that we don't have soul sleep because these souls are crying out saying, when are you gonna avenge our deaths? If you are sleeping in the ground, you're not hollering out to Jesus where, or hollering out to God the Father, when are you gonna avenge our deaths? Okay, these people, these souls are basically, they have not had their resurrection yet. They've not gotten the body that goes along with their spiritual, uh, their spiritual existence, okay? So they are there. They're in heaven. They're not asleep. They're not laying in, their bodies aren't laying in the ground somewhere. You know, these tribulation saints, a lot of them won't even get buried because the Bible says, you know, things will eat their carcasses and all kinds of stuff, all kind of wild stuff. So their bodies aren't, are not, they're not dead. Okay, again, this is just a body, right? This is just a shell. They're not, a, it's not like you have this dead body laying in a grave or laying somewhere decaying and it doesn't know anything's going on. Okay, folks are going to hell. Folks are going to heaven. Okay, they're still happening. When we die, we go to heaven, you know, and, and we, we see we are in, basically, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, okay? That's your fifth seal. Um, the sixth seal <clears throat> is the wrath of God. This is where, folks, it starts to get absolutely crazy because it's not the Antichrist and his warring and his destruction of the economy and the things that we're doing to one another down here. Um, when I say we, you, you know I'm, I'm not planning on being here, but... It's not us doing these things to each other. It's not humans to humans. It's not even the animals. This is where the wrath of God begins to be poured out. This is where we start to, this is what the sixth seal is. It's the wrath of God. This is where we have the earthquakes. This is where we have the sun being black and the moon becomes as blood. Uh, Stars fall to earth, okay? These things, and these things, some of these things happen a couple times during this seven-year period, but this is where they begin to happen. Remember, we're still in the first three and a half years of, and, I'll, and we'll get to how we know that as we go on, but we're still here in the first three and a half years of this tribulation. Similar events that are happening now are only a sign or a type 
of what will happen in the future. We see these blood moon, oh, only one more blood moon till Jesus comes and all this kind of stuff further. You know, this, there's just nothing. There's just, they're selling you books. Stop buying those books. <laughs> Read the book. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> that was free. And that's why I'm not on YouTube today, right? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> these things, these things all, all of these are taking place during Daniel's 70th week. Okay, they're taking place then. Now, now we're going to skip chapter 7. I know, I know, don't freak out. But I want to go over to chapter 8, verse 1, because chapter 7 is parenthetical. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But chapter 8, verse 1, we have the seventh seal. So I just kind of want to finish those seals up. With the seventh seal, it says that... um, let me find it. Here we go. Seventh seal. Uh, well, I'm in the wrong. Am I in the right place? Chapter, chapter 8, verse 1. The Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll. There was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. Okay? Now, how could we spiritualize that and super-spiritualize and over-spiritualize and try to figure that out? Guess what I think it means? For about 30 minutes... It's going to be quiet in heaven. Now, it says in heaven, okay? It doesn't say that there'll be silence on the earth. It doesn't say, it's like, it's not like we're going, finally, these earthquakes are stopping. Finally, all this stuff's coming to an end. Down here on earth, it is still the wrath of God, okay? But in heaven, we, we get a 30, they get a 30-minute intermission, Okay? It's, an inter- it's, it's, a, it's a period of time. And listen, what do you think what I will do in heaven every spare minute I might get? What are we going to do? We're going to worship, folks. Have you ever been in a worship service? I know, not when Mashaun leads or anything, but we know. Have you ever been in those worship services that go silent where it's just, oh, isn't there like nothing like it? I mean, all the work that you put into preparing music, going through all that stuff, you know what I mean? And preparing and practicing and going and we're worshiping and then suddenly in the middle of worship or toward the end or whatever, there's this silence and it's like, enough said. You know what I mean? That, that place that you come to and I believe that that's what we're, I, you know, and this is again, this is a gymism. I believe that this is what we have. Basically, we have silence in heaven. Okay. For about 30 minutes, it says, for about a half an hour. So that, there's the seals, okay? And that's the end of the seal. Now, before this, we get, before John tells us about this, the seventh seal, we have chapter 7. If you want to, now, back to chapter 7. If you can back me up, Nate. I told him I was going to drive him nuts tonight. So chapter 7. This is a parenthetical chapter. That just means it's, you know, we've talked about the other stuff. It's like, then this is going to happen, then that's going to happen. And you're seeing this time happening. You know, there's this flow of time that's going on here. Well, what John's just sharing with us here is additional information. Okay, this is additional information. It's not like we stop having the six sealer or to give us some preparatory information for down the... This can get, this can get a little tricky, so... I brought my uh, little pointer so that I can point at stuff whenever we get to those charts. But in chapter 7, we see 
He says, then I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds so they didn't blow on the earth or the sea or even on any tree. That'd be nice for Florida right now, huh? Okay, and saw another angel coming up from the east carrying the seal of the living God, and he shouted to those four angels who had been given power to harm land and sea, wait, don't harm the land or the sea or the trees until we have placed the seal of God on the foreheads of his servants. After this, I saw, a great vast, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. And they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshiped God. And they sang, they sang these, this song of heaven. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are those who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you're the one who knows. These are the ones who died. He said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They've washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and made them white. Remember that song? These are they who've come out of great tribulation. That's a good song. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. So what we're given a picture here, um, let me see, then he goes on to, nope. no, that's why they stand in front of God. They'll get me hungry. Well, I think I missed something in my notes. Okay, so what we have here in this um, this description in chapter 7 is he's describing to us, <clears throat> basically, he's describing what we call the two companies of the redeemed, okay? Two co- this is two of the companies of the redeemed. You know, you hear all those spiritual things and you wonder, what does all that mean, two companies of the redeemed? Well, these two companies are, it's the 144,000 Okay, where he says, don't touch them, don't touch anything, don't do anything until I seal them. Okay, he's talking about there the 144,000 Jews who get saved and he seals them. These 144,000 Jews are not touched by any of the plagues that happen that come that are coming up in the trumpets that we're going to talk about. So they're not coming, they're not, they don't, it's, it's like in Egypt when remember the. The plagues would come on everybody but the Jews. Okay, this is what we have. This 144,000 Jews, not Jehovah's Witnesses, um, these 144,000 get sealed with, this, with the seal of God and therefore cannot be touched by the plagues that come. So that is one company of the redeemed, okay? The other company of the redeemed that we're talking about that we see here are those um, that... <sighs> Okay, go, to, go ahead again, go ahead to, uh, there's a little chart thingy, like a couple, couple slides up, there we go. Basically, we have, <laughs> this is not what it tells you here in this passage, okay, but this is to give you some understanding of the bigger picture of it, okay. We have, there are four companies, and there are four raptures, so I know that blows your mind if you're not, if you're, you're not ready for it, but it can blow your mind, but anyway, we have four raptures. There's a rapture number one, rapture two, rapture three, and rapture four. The first rapture is the one that we're all looking forward to. 
in, in, the, in the early days to come is the Old, Old Testament saints and the New Testament saints, okay? Those are two companies. Old Testament saints are a company. New Testament saints are a company. Whenever we, you hear this terminology coming from scholars, okay? These are companies of the redeemed. These are redeemed people. Both of those first two companies will be raptured at the beginning of the 70th week, okay? Old Testament saints, are we with me? I hope we're with me at that point. I hope we're that far anyway. <clears throat> the second rapture, okay, is going to be the man-child, which is the 144,000 Jews who get saved, okay? So that they are company number three, if you just, you know, if you're trying to get them in your mind, okay? They're company number three. They're going to be raptured about the middle of the week, about three and a half years into the tribulation, okay? You with me? The third rapture is going to be the fourth company who are the tribulation saints. Those are the ones who get saved who are not Jews that get saved. They are called the tribulation saints, These are they who have come out of great tribulation. Folks, we have not, you and I have not come out of great tribulation. Okay, we have not come out of great tribulation. These are the ones that are coming out of the great tribulation, and they're a part of the third rapture. That will happen at or near the end of the seven-year period. That's why those we saw in that fifth seal, we saw those saints who are underneath the altar saying, when are you gonna wrap this up, okay? Because they're, they're anxious, they're wanting their raptured bodies, you know, because they're not in heaven with bodies like we'll have in heaven. They're still bodiless, Okay, they have not gotten that. That's when the rapture, when they get their rapture, that's when their souls, which are in heaven, are connected with their bodies, their, their, with their spiritual bodies, their spiritual eternal bodies, okay? So they're not waiting. <clears throat> they are waiting for that. And it doesn't happen until near the end or at the very end, some say, of the 70th week, okay? We're talking about they might have to be the whole through the watching, and there, of course, many of them are not here going through all of these things because at some point they get beheaded or whatever, and so that's where, then they're there waiting. The last rapture that will take place is not a company. That's why it'd be nice if you went like, okay, there's four companies, there's four raptures, one, two, three, four. Remember, the first rapture was two companies. That's because the last rapture isn't a company because there's only two of them. It's when Enoch and Elijah, the witnesses that we'll talk about, that we'll see happen later here, and those witnesses will be taken up, and that is at the end of the 70th week. Okay, so when we look at these, there are these companies, and then there's raptures, and you know, I always ever thought there was just one rapture, and then we just kind of go from there, and the, the fact of the matter is, if we take these things literally, and you'll see as we go, okay, like I'm saying, I'm giving you ahead of time stuff here so that when I say something, you kind of know where I'm going, if you can figure it out where I'm going. Okay, so there's four raptures, there's four companies, but then there's a company and then there's a little duo. <laughs> okay, there's, you know, four companies and a duo, but so you got your four raptures. Now, <clears throat> these four raptures and all of these companies and all of that, they make up what we call the 
This is called the first resurrection. <laughs> what? All these numbers, right? It's like, I didn't know I had to be a mathematician. So all of these together are called the first resurrection, okay? These are the, these are the, this is the bride of Christ. All of these are the bride of Christ. The thing, the, the colloquialism and the terminology that we use as saying that the church is the bride of Christ is actually not correct. We are the body of Christ on earth. We are not the bride of Christ until this first resurrection is completed. And then with all of them, we're the bride of Christ. When we are in the new Jerusalem, it says we're the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ. We're not the bride of Christ yet. We will be a part of the bride, okay, but we are the body of Christ on earth. So see, see sometimes you get these you're trying to get these terminologies and these things like laid out. And then sometimes what happens is you get them mixed up and then you don't know if it's the second coming of Christ or if it's the rapture or, if, or what it is. But this is if you, you know, you kind of have to, I have to chart stuff and draw little pictures for myself to try and make all of those things uh, to get them into my head. So that's where he's talking about. In chapter 7, he's introducing us to those two companies of the redeemed. Now, why he put it there between the 6th and 7th seal, I, I really don't know. I can't, I have no, and neither does Dake, the scholar. He doesn't know really either, you know. Um, it could be, it could be that at that point, Somehow on earth, they're being introduced to these ideas and these things that are going on, and they start to figure out that what's, what's up with these Jews that aren't having to, you know, aren't falling because of the war and aren't falling because of the famine and aren't falling. You know, what's, what's so, it may be, you know, something in, it may have been, I believe that it was probably a timely place to put it, but it doesn't fall necessarily on the timeline if, like, we can't just put it on there. You with me? I mean, okay, okay. That's the companies of the redeemed that are in chapter seven. Then we have in chapter eight, verse one, of course, we have the, the seventh seal is open and there's silence in heaven. Um, then we have, whoops, I'm through all that already. We, then we have chapters eight, and right after there's that silence in heaven, we have another or the second parenthetical scripture that we can't really fit specifically in the timeline, but it's information, um, it's informational that's provided. And so verse, chapter eight, verses two through six are also parenthetical. This is the second parenthetical, um, parenthetical portion that of four. There are gonna be a total of four parentheticals throughout, um, throughout the, um, the description of the bowls and the vials and the trumpets. There's four of them, and this is the second one. And this is a shorter one. This is just chapter 8, verses 2 through 6. And he says, I saw the seven angels who stand before God. They were given seven trumpets. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayer of God, prayers of God's holy people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with the fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. Thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. 
Okay, so we have, what is this? It's kind of strange, you know, depiction here. Um, I, I was in uh, Lancaster last week, and we went to the temple experience. So it's a very simple little thing that the Mennonite community has there where they've built a, 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 a life-size temple, the, the temple in the wilderness. And it's to scale and everything. It's really interesting um, and cheap. It was only 10 bucks. So um, it was really, and it was short, 30 minutes. I mean, it was like the cheapest, shortest thing you can do, especially if you want to eat anything at a buffet in Lancaster. Oh, my goodness. But get there early. Um, but so what, what we have here is a picture of this, this, he says it's an angel who comes forward and um, takes this, uh, in, has this incense and has this censer and is doing this. This is the work of the high priest. Therefore, we do believe, most believe that this is Christ, okay? This is Christ. He is our high priest. You know, that, I mean, I don't think that the writer of Hebrews tells he was our high priest if he wasn't. So he's the high priest of heaven. He would be the one who would come and, and do these things. Now, did you ever pray a prayer that hasn't been answered yet? Anybody? Anyone? Okay. Did you ever pray a prayer and it got answered real quick, you know, or, or, you know, or it didn't get answered real quick, got quick, a little later, a little later, a little later? How many of you know that there are going to be prayers that don't get answered before we die, right? It's going to happen, right? I mean, it's going to happen. This, I believe, Dake believes, okay, this is the culmination of all of those prayers of the saints through all of the ages are now being offered by Jesus himself, okay? And he wraps it up. He puts the fire in there. He, and listen, when that kind of power happens, things shake, things rumble, things, you know. And I believe, I believe that this is the answer. And, and really, Nowhere else do we see in the Revelation. You don't see Jesus saying in the Revelation, now pray. You know, go, if you're sick, go to the elders of the church and have them pray for you. This isn't going on, you know, in heaven. These aren't the things that are going on. But yet still, we understand that our prayers are waiting to be answered. This is the culmination of all of that. And as Jesus throws the bowl down to the earth and throws the censer down, it's the last time in heaven that prayer is going to be dealt with. From that point forward, folks, it's just worship. It's just worship. There's no prayer. There's no, there's no, you know, there, it's just, what, who will those folks who are left here on earth pray to if the high priest has thrown the prayer bowl down to the earth? You know, it's not like he's got, oh, get the other prayer bowl. Get the prayer bowl. No, folks, this, this is very literal, okay? And, and it's very literal. I believe it's very literal. But it also, when, if we make it literal, we have to say that there's something to it. There's some reasoning in there. And the reason is it's time to answer at this point. It's time to answer those prayers. Now, where this falls in the timeline, we don't really know. Okay, because it's not one of those things that is specific to a certain period of that week. But at some point during that week, that will happen. Okay, the 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 high priest will come forward. He will. He's right there in the throne room. Okay, he's in that place, and he will he will end. He will basically end prayer as we know it. 
okay? It ends because there's nowhere for it to go. Is everybody with me? Or most of you with me? I know you're not all with me, but okay. All right, I'm just making sure I'm sort of making sense, okay? Then we go to verse seven, and we start to have the trumpets. What time is it? Okay, okay, I'm good, I'm good. That we start the trumpets. Now, we've been through the seals. Now it's time for the trumpets. The first trumpet... Chapter 8, it says, the seven, Then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts. The first angel blew his trumpet, and hail and fire mixed with blood were thrown down on the earth. One-third of the earth was set on fire. One-third of the trees were burned, and all the grass was burned. Now, if in a week, and when we talk about these trumpets, um, Bill Licklider, who is the the... He's with prophecy pieces that I follow. I'm, gonna, I'm a prophecy pieces follower, groupie. Um, his name's Bill Licklider, L-I-C-K-L-I-T-E-R. If you're ever interested, he's on, he has prophecy pieces. He does Facebook every week. And don't go on there because then you won't come here because he's better than I am. And he can probably do it faster than me. Um, but Bill Licklider, he, he's great. He says he, in his mind, he, he sees the trumpets as Exodus revisited, and I think he's very, very, uh, it's very astute. It's very, I didn't even think it took him a whole lot to think of that. But um, if you look through, watch through these trumpets, you'll find that basically they, they mimic the Egyptian plagues that, that plagued the, Egypt, the, the plagues from Egypt in Exodus. So he calls it Exodus revi- revisited, is basically what he calls the trumpets. Um, so this, trump, this first trumpet, is, it mimics the seventh Egyptian plague from Exodus chapter 9. The only thing is it adds blood and it subtracts the animals. That's kind of the difference, you know, because uh, the other one was hail and fire, um, and, but it didn't have blood. And the other one affected the animals. And this one doesn't affect the animals. It's affecting the vegetation, um, the trees, and such. So this is hail. Um, I have in my notes, there's a similar modern instance in 1921 in some place in China, Cheshe, Yunnan, China, fire and hell mingled with blood fell all over the countryside. Now, you'll just have to Google it and look it up because I didn't go into all that, but um, I did see that in Dake's Dake's notes that something similar has actually happened. So there's like, you know what I mean? That wasn't this one, okay, but... We ha- these things sort of happen and sort of have through history happened as we see, as we go along. The second trumpet, basically the second trumpet um, is blown and a great mountain of fire was thrown into the sea. One third of the water in the sea become blood, became blood and one third of all things living in the sea died and one third of all the ships of the sea were destroyed. Now we, we can, you know, this is one of those things people are like, it's a bomb, a bomb, a fiery bomb. No, I think it was a fiery rock, which would be a meteor of some sort, okay? And when he says it fell into the sea, the only sea that we can kind of, if we're taking this literally, think about it, it's the Mediterranean Sea because they weren't talking about the Atlantic and the Pacific and the Indian Ocean and all these seas. Everything that they did in their day had to do with the Mediterranean Sea. Now, will it affect the Atlantic and the Pacific? I, I'm not sure. You know, that, that's something we don't know. But we do, 
We can, if we're taking this from a literal perspective and from a futuristic perspective, this should be something that falls into the Mediterranean. It kills a third of the fish, of the, the living things in the sea. It destroys ships. Okay, so we're talking about um, a very great... Um, troublesome troublesome thing again this is in a this is in a world where the economy is already completely out of whack right and completely messed up and now we've got a third of all the ships that were in the ocean or in the the mediterranean sea have been destroyed how many of you know we have ships over there we do we have ships over there in the mediterranean sea all lots of countries of the world have ships over there there's cruise ships viking oh and poor cruisers Anyway, so that's the second, um, this is um, reminiscent of the second Egyptian plague, okay, the second Egyptian plague. Then we have the third trumpet, the star wormwood, okay, it says, then the third trumpet blew, third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell from the sky burning like a torch. It fell on one third of the rivers and on the springs of water. The name of the star was bitterness or wormwood. It made one-third of the water bitter, and many people died from drinking the bitter water. Anybody remember this from Exodus? Okay. There was, there was and, but basically, but what, what he did differently in Exodus chapter 15 is God turned the bitter water to, to where they could drink it, okay, because they were dying from the bitter water. But here, he's not going to turn the bitter water, okay? So we see that the Mediterranean Sea has been uh, has come under attack, okay, just to put it simply. The Mediterranean Sea, and now we're seeing the fresh water is being attacked here, okay, when we talk about the rivers. And so not only is the salt water, you know, and that life, that uh, living part of our world, but now we're looking at the fresh water being, coming under those, these attacks. And this is, it's called, they call it the star wormwood. They actually name the star wormwood because that means bitterness, okay? And so what they're saying is that this star that fell falls into the, into the, um, into the waters and it, they become bitter. And many, basically when they say bitter, they mean poisonous because it says many men die from it, Okay. So this will be uh, bitter waters that become, they'll become poison. And, you know, when we talk about this, this is probably a comet or a meteorite of some type. And if you know anything about, which I don't know much about, but I did know this much, they have all kinds of poisonous gases that come with them that are trailing them that you know, are part of that whole experience. Okay, so we see that those, you know, it would be very, it would make sense for a gaseous star to fall. Okay, we're not talking about a star. When they call a star, they're just talking about a fiery thing coming from the, from the sky. They don't mean what we call a star, okay? They're talking about something falling from the sky. So <clears throat> that is the third trumpet. Then the fourth angel blew his trumpet and one-third of the sun was struck and one-third of the moon and one-third of the stars and they became dark and, on, and one-third of the day was dark and also one-third of the night. So what we see here, when, when they say, he says the sun, it does not necessarily mean our sun itself will be struck, okay? He's, they're talking about, the translation here is actually sunlight, so Something will happen, okay, that will affect sunlight. Has that ever happened in the Bible? 
Yes, it ha- it's happened before. That these, see, there have been types of these things that have happened all throughout history. Well, this is going to be a, a, a mega everything, all the hits at once, you know, in this, this seven-year period. So that's what's going to happen there. We're going to see those things. There's going to be darkness. Okay, this is, there, was there a plague of darkness? Remember, there was. There was a plague of darkness. Okay, this is, this is basically, we're reliving Exodus here. That was the fourth trumpet. Then we have verse 13. We're going to take a break from the trumpets here for a minute. We have another uh, announcement or something. This is our third parenthetical in this, in this series. Here's the third parenthetical. Announcements of the woes. <clears throat> then I looked and I heard an angel or a single. I, saw, I heard a single eagle crying loudly as it flew through the air. Terror, 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 or it could be translated woe, woe, woe depending on what translation you have, to all who belong to this world because of what will happen when the last three angels blow their trumpets. And basically what is fixing to happen is we're going from the earth being messed with, with these seven, with these first four trumpets. Remember, it's the, the earth the, you know, that's being, going to be attacked and going to be coming under judgment. From here, the woes begin, we begin to see um, humanity, we begin to see moral character uh, taking apart in this judgment, okay? Remember, we're still in the first three and a half years, okay? All these things are, you know, we had a pandemic and then Russia declared war and we're like, oh, the world's out of control. Listen, this, all this stuff is still in the first three and a half years of that tribulation period that all these things are happening. Um, <clears throat> So that is a parenthetical there where he's setting up and letting us know what's, what's about to happen. Um, at this point, we are heading toward that midpoint of the tribulation, time-wise, um, from what we, can, what we can establish, taking it again from a literal standpoint. We should be approaching the halfway mark, okay, through that, through that week. <clears throat> Okay, and I apologize. Those of you who I sent the notes to, and you'll notice it says at one point, add notes from daycare. (laughs) That's because I didn't feel like typing it all out, so I just copied it out of his book, and I stuck it in my notebook here. So, And I didn't realize that until earlier. I was like, oh, they're not going to know what that means. So um, (laughs) if I think of it, I will send you those, even though I'm probably not supposed to. But anyway, I'll do it anyway, the rebel that I am. So... Revelation chapter 9. Are you with me? We're moving through here. Remember, we had those first four trumpets, and they've, the earth basically has been ravaged. God's creation has been ravaged. And now <clears throat> it's, the time has come for the, the things start to turn a little bit. The first woe, the fifth trumpet, is in chapter 9. I'm, just, I'm not going to read it directly from the scripture, just so you... So we can kind of move forward in this. But the fifth trumpet or the first woe, remember, boy, we got, you got to have a, be a, have a math degree for this. It's the first woe, it's the fifth trumpet, and we have a star that falls from heaven. Um, <clears throat> this star that comes from heaven is probably Jesus. I know that sounds crazy, right? Yeah, but I'm gonna have to read this because if I don't, it's not gonna make sense. Um, The fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star had fallen to earth from the sky. 
He was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. When he opened it, smoke poured out as, as from a huge furnace, and the sunlight, sunlight and air turned dark from the smoke. Now, who holds the keys to hell in the grave? Jesus. Therefore, we can assume that this is Jesus, okay? You're not just going to turn the keys over to anybody, right? Okay, now there are those. Now he has the key to the bottomless pit, and basically what he's going to do, he's going to open the bottomless pit. Okay, this is the bottomless pit. This is just one part or one area or territory of hell. Okay, we're not talking about hell itself, okay, but we're talking about the bottomless pit. Now there are those who say that this must be Satan that opens the bottomless pit. No, folks, Jesus is going to open the bottomless pit and let these things out. Why? It's time for judgment. It's time for judgment. The age of grace is over. It's time for judgment. It sounds horrible that, you know, our Lord would do that. Well, he wouldn't do it to us, but he has to pronounce this judgment. It has, these things have to happen. So it says that he opens it up, and then there's, there's so much smoke from a huge furnace that the sunlight and air turn dark from the smoke. Then locusts come from the smoke and descend it on the earth, and they were given power to sting like scorpions. Y'all remember the plagues, the locust plague, right? Okay. So there's, again, another, um, another <clears throat> exodus revisited. They were told not to harm the grass or plants or trees, but only the people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Who are the ones with the seal of God on their foreheads? The 144,000. So here come these things. These are demon locusts, okay, that come out of this bottomless pit. And what do locusts eat? Grass and vegetation. Not these ones. These ones don't. These ones are told not to touch because the earth's already been through. We've, been, we've, we've messed up with the grass. You know, we've messed up all that stuff, all messed up as it is. So here is where the judgment begins to come really strongly on humans. Um, they were told not to harm the grass. Uh, verse five, they were told not to kill, not to, oh, I love this. They were told not to kill them, but to torture them for five months with pain, like the pain of a scorpion sting. In those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. And then it goes on to describe what these things look like. Now, there are those who say that these are helicopters, right? Because they have metal foreheads and they have huge teeth. Well, how many helicopters have you seen with long hair, okay? It says they have hair like a woman, okay? So, and that meant long hair. So the next time you see a long-haired helicopter, don't go near its tail, okay? There. These are demon locusts. Are they regular old locusts? No. They are demon locusts, okay? And we'll go on to find out they even have a demon king, okay, who is not Satan, okay? There, there are many evil things and beings and creatures, okay, other than just Satan. Um, so this is, it says, these locusts look like horses prepared for battle, they had what looked like gold crowns on their heads, with their faces looked like human faces. They had hair like women's hair, teeth like a lion. They wore armor made of iron. Their wings roared like an army of chariots rushing into battle. They had tails that stung like scorpions. And for five months, they had the power to torment people. Five months. So here's, it's interesting. This is like the first time that we see like a time period, you know. 
you know that this, this is only going to last for five months. And so we know that for this five-month period, these demon locusts will, will go about stinging people and stinging them and making them so miserable that they want to die, but they don't die. It's, they're just to torment. Okay, so this is, this is horrifying. I just, I can't imagine how horrifying it was. I saw a scorpion one time in Texas, and I moved back. Um, I mean... You know, there are scorpions in Texas. I've seen, I was like, oh my goodness, those are real, you know, and, and, but, but a scorpion sting is very seldom fatal. A scorpion sting is very often painful, horribly painful for, for a period of hours or even up to days, depending on the, the, the type that gets you. These are going to torment men for five months, okay? It says we will seek death. There, are, there is a, an, an interpretation here that says that people may try to kill themselves and not die because that would be a release from that torment, and we're not intended to have that release from that torment. So this is what's happening. But this is great that we, have a, we do have a, a five-month period. Okay? So we do know that in five months, they're going to stop bothering and tormenting everyone. Um, Verse 11 says, their king is the angel from the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, he's called Apollyon, the destroyer. So this is the first woe, or the first here. This is the first, this is the first, I mean, of all the things that are going on, this is the first time that we are just, people on earth will be driven absolutely mad by what's happening to them, okay? It's not just you drink the water and you die. Or, you know, a rock comes out of the heavens and you die, or an earthquake gets you and you die. It's that these are tormented for five months. <clears throat> so then he says the first terror is past, but look, two more terrors are coming. So we have two more woes. The sixth trumpet is the second woe. The sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the gold altar that stands in the presence of God. And the voice said to this sixth angel who held the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates River. Then the four angels who had been prepared for this hour and day and month and year were turned loose to kill one-third of all the people on earth. I heard the the size of their army, which was 200 million mounted troops. So this says that there are four angels. These are obviously fallen angels, okay? You remember there are good angels, there are bad angels. These are fallen angels. And it says that they are actually bound up in the river Euphrates. They could be there today. Isn't that cool? They could be there today. And we don't know that they're bound up. In the river, at the river Euphrates. Um, so it says there are four of them, and it says that their total, uh, the total amount of horses that they're riding or that they're, they're, they're going to go forth and, and terrorize the world with are 200 million, which equates to 50 million apiece. In my vision, I saw the horses and the riders sitting on them, verse 17. The riders wore armor that was fiery red and dark blue and yellow. That doesn't mean they're Chinese. There are people who say because China's colors are red and yellow that this is the Chinese army. That is not what it says. Okay, anyway. One third of all the people on earth were killed by these three plagues. 
by the fire and smoke and burning sulfur that came from the mouths of the horses. Their power was in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails had heads like snakes with the power to injure people. Now, these are horses, folks, horses with big, mean mouths and big, mean tails, okay? And they will go about, and they will destroy one-third of the people on earth. But the people who didn't die in these plagues still refused to repent of their evil deeds. See, at this point, we're, start, we're seeing, and this is really, we, didn't, we don't get a lot of mention about sin or anything when we're talking about all this stuff going on before. You know, when you realize that he, it wasn't because of sin, but here he's saying, one, these things are going to come out and kill a third of, of the humans on earth, and the people are still going to be sinning. You know, after all this happens. And so this is where those judgments are starting to fall on those who are still sinning on the earth. And we see that 144,000 being guarded and all that. Um, They continued to worship. I'm in verse 20. They continued to worship demons and idols and make of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders and of their witchcraft and of their sexual immorality or their thefts. So all of this is still going on. People are still sinning after all this time. You know, sounds like a good movie. Still sinning after all this time. All this evidence that they have of the things that are going on. And like somebody had to get out the book, right? And say, well, look, look, let me tell you, this is in the book. And if we don't stop worshiping these idols and our sexual immorality and all these things, then we're going to be, you know, the woes are going to, you know. And so, but basically, at this point, there's no turning back. There's, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, you know, if my people pray, right? And God, if my people pray, will humble themselves. I will turn. I will, and I, basically, God will change his mind. He is not changing his mind anymore. This is, these things are written, and this is how it is. So there's no, there's no going back. There's no changing any of these things or stopping any of those things from happening. Frank? Good point, but we don't know exactly when that prayer bowl is thrown out. So we don't know really where that, where that part of it comes. But at some point, you know what I mean, that's, that's exactly, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be any, there's the prayers in there. And if you pray them, they're not going to get heard because the incense bowl's already been cast. But we don't know where that's going to happen. Remember, that was one of those parentheticals. We're not sure where that falls. That didn't, because I showed it to you after the four raptures, doesn't mean it came after the four raptures. Because those last two raptures, happened way into the thing. We're not even halfway through yet when these things are happening, okay? The sixth trumpet. Okay, oh, that's right. Yeah, one-third of the men will die. If we can, if we take it that it's one-third of the, of the human life on earth during the Roman um, Empire, which is kind of what uh, the people of, John's day would have based it on. That would be 96 million people that would die from these horses. Um, if we take it as the whole earth being involved in this, which could be just because 
Just because you don't see the United States in there doesn't mean we're not somewhere. Also doesn't mean that just because all the people in the United States are going to get raptured. That's not what that means either. But if we take the whole ball of wax, 298 million will die because of these horses. So you're looking at, um, give or take 100 million, you know what I mean? That's, that's a lot of people, okay, um, that will, will perish because they, because of, and basically these ones are perishing because of sin, because of sin, because they can't get saved by the blood, okay? So even if they don't, they're perishing if they get saved, they're perishing if they don't get saved, they're just going to perish, you know what I mean? So hopefully they got saved and then perished, but, you know, it's all, it's, it's going to be a chaos like we can't even begin to fathom. Um, let's see, the demon king is not Satan, okay? Um, no death. Um, this is like the eighth Egyptian plague, the fifth trumpet. Um, it's like the eighth Egyptian plague, the one where the vegetation is destroyed. Um, I want to go over here, star. I think I talked about most of this. I just want to make sure. Abaddon and Apollyon, they're, you know, they're, uh, Hollywood has made them to be wonderful things at times. They're not, okay? Abaddon and Apollyon are, are, they are these demon kings, okay? They are not Satan. They are not the Antichrist. They are the demon kings, the demon locust king, basically. And um, so, uh, let me see. There's another fire. Um, there is, in, in the notes, you know, Dake, Dake is in extremely, oh, I like this. The sixth trumpet, I don't like it, but the sixth trumpet um, in chapter six, and the rest of the men, verse 20, okay, and this is going to be reading from, the, I believe, the King James Version. Verse 20 um, of the sixth trumpet, where in ver- chapter nine, verse 20 says, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works, okay? So in, in, there are people who are saying, who will say to you that this is just a war and the horses are tanks and the locusts are helicopters and it's a war, a war, a war. Do you think that God knows the difference between a war and a plague, Yes. Everybody say yes. He knows the difference between a war and a plague. He tells John these are plagues. Okay? So these are like literal plagues. This is Exodus all over again. Um, Bill Licklider, again, gives this illustration. He said one time he asked God, you know, to like give him like a picture or something. I can't remember why he asked or what he was after. And he said that he, he believes that God told him he's taking from perfection to perfection. Okay, it, we creation started out perfect. Okay, and then we have Genesis and the things that start happening there, and then we have Exodus, where you know things get start getting more and more of a mess, and we go and basically we've just ruined it. And he said he he kind of felt like with Revelation we're 
where if you read the book of Revelation, you're going back the other way as you go. It's moving from those, the plagues and all this is all early on. And the farther and the farther that you read in the Revelation, the farther, we're, the closer we're getting back to perfection again, to that perfect creation that it will be. Um, and there's actually a name of it poetically in, he, in, in Hebrew poetry, and I can't remember the name of it, but Anyway, it, I, I, when he was saying that, I was thinking, oh, yeah, I used to, I remember teaching that lesson about the Hebrew poetry that went that way, <clears throat> where you would read something and it would kind of be in, um, the, the, the things would match up as you went along as they went both ways. Anyway, all right, so um, these are literal locusts, they are literal Horses, now they aren't like the ones we've ever seen, okay? And so they are going to be creepy, spirit, and they're spiritual things, you know, physical, spiritual, evil things, okay, that, that, are, coming, that are coming along. Um, that's the sixth trumpet. Then, let me go back over here. Cha- then we come to chapter 10. And the first and chapter eleven, and we're back to parentheticals again, because there's actually a break before we get. John gives us another break right before the seventh trumpet is blown. Okay, and so we we see this this pattern that he even has in there, where he took that break and gave us a parenthetical before, between the sixth and seventh seals, and he's done it again between the sixth and seventh trumpets and we can we move into chapter 10 and we're not going to go there we'll start there next week those of you who asked me for notes I'll have more notes to send out because you'll see that yours ends here with this I think it ends with that right there the thing that says chapter 10 but we'll start next week with that parenthetical there and then continue with the seventh um, trumpet which is the third woe (laughs) all these numbers and then we'll move on from there. Do you have something, Frank? Yeah, that's true. All these people getting raptured and then raptured or killed. There's not many people left to make helicopters and tanks. That's a good. That's good. Right. Yeah. So those kinds of things are. It, it's a. It makes a good movie. <laughs> But I don't, I, I still, I've looked at other st- ways of studying it and symbols and all of those things, and, and they're, uh, they're pos- some of that's possible, but I do think, I don't see how that's possible, knowing that God tells us right at the beginning of the revelation, he wants us to understand it. So how would we understand it if it was all symbolically stuff? There's no way you could really understand it. So I believe that he wants us to take it literally. Listen, take it literally, and if we're wrong, it's not going to matter. We're not going to be here for any of this anyway, right? I mean, just, you know, we were singing during worship, you know, uh, my fear. um, How's it go? Yeah. Fear's not going to conquer us. We don't even have to be afraid of any of this. You know, and there there are probably... Millions of Christians that are afraid of what's going to happen in the Revelation, and they don't, they don't realize they don't have to be afraid. Now, there are, there are theologians and smart theologians who believe that we'll be going through, the, the, through this, but I, don't, I can't make that work literally with 
with what I read. So, thank you for your time. Um, thank you for being here.